You're listening to Real Estate for Real People, hosted by the Stone Sisters. The Stone Sisters have built an award-winning realty business, and they're here to share some of their knowledge with you. A new episode drops every Thursday. If you enjoy the show, please share it with a friend and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And visit www.stonesisters.com for more information just like this. So we wanted to talk to you today about how to buy a house in a seller's market. Right now, we really are in a seller's market. Um, You know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People are buying houses virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we get asked all the time, is that possible? I might not be able to fly out to the Okanagan to see the house. Can I do that? And how do I do that? So this episode, we're going to talk to you and answer all of those questions. So Tamara, maybe we can start with that. How do you buy a house virtually? Yeah. I mean, if you would asked me a year and a half ago, I would have said, well, first of all, it's easy. You don't come, (laughs) you walk through it, you kick some tires, you, you know, check that the cupboards closed properly. You really have a good sense of, you know, of what you're investing your money on. And fast forward, I mean, we sold our first house sight unseen just about a year ago. Yeah. You know, pandemic hit. We, we went into lockdown the end of March mm-hmm. and we had some people, a, a family from Toronto who actually hadn't been to Kelowna. I don't think ever, had they? No, they'd never been to Kelowna. And heard about it. And, and, you know, certainly there's a ton of information that's available online. So, you know, they'd had maps, they've looked at Google Earth, they, they really felt like they had a very good understanding of the area. Mm-hmm. But to, to commit to, you know, researching houses and looking, you know, some of the properties had, had floor plans, more and more are now, but often they don't. Um, some of them have had professional photographs and, and you really can get a good sense of the house. Not all of them. Some of them, you still have a realtor taking photos with their iPhone. Yeah. And, and then we go and, and take your iPhone or your, your Samsung, whatever you've got and go to a FaceTime showing. Mm-hmm. So you get a 10 minute walkthrough and spend $2 million. Makes sense. <laughs> And yet it's happening. It's happening all the time. It is happening all the time. And I think, you know, I mean, technology has been a huge driving factor for that, mm-hmm. that, that people feel comfortable. I think also all the information that people have access to, you know, you do have, and I guess that's technology too. You do have Google Earth and you do have, mm-hmm. you know, these maps that people can look at. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can read so much on a neighborhood to learn, okay, is that the neighborhood that I want to be at? Um, yeah. But I just had clients that are moving here. They've got a job, so they're relocating and never been to Kelowna. And so they said, so we've got a family, we've got young kids, where should we go? And it was going through the whole process of which neighborhood is going to suit them best. So Mm -hmm. you're learning a little bit about, you know, who they are, what activities they're going to be doing and narrowing it down to the neighborhood. And then it's really just narrowing it down to the house. Yeah. And I think a big component of that is seeing sort of how people live where they currently are. Mm-hmm. That really helps. Well, you know, what is their style that they're currently living in? Do they like that? Do they want to change from that? And if they do like that, then you just try to find something that's equal to that and, and adds the extra benefits that they're wanting. Mm-hmm. So I think a key buying a house virtually is you've really got to make sure you've got a trusted advisor. You've, mm-hmm. you've got a partner that, that you know has your best interests at heart. And you've got a realtor who, who's experienced, who, who truly understands, okay, does that area 
have a lot of clay in the soil? You know, is it known yeah. for shrinking or expanding in the springtime? Is, you know, I think giving... How a, is the water in general? Exactly. You know, is there a development that's going to be built behind? Because mm-hmm. you can't see that from the FaceTime video or the realtor's photos, but maybe it backs and there's a development behind or the landfill is close by, you know, all of those things. So you're right, yeah. a trusted advisor yeah. is... And a lot of information, um, you know, there's a lot of information the public can get easily, you know, that's mm-hmm. free. You can look at every house that's listed for sale online. And, and like mm-hmm. we're talking about, lots of them have virtual tours or Matterport or what have you. Um, I think it's really important as well to, to you know, look at the neighborhoods and be, be familiar with the official community plan. Look as well at what things have been selling for. Because mm-hmm. I think that's, you, you know, somebody may have listed, and particularly in this market, when prices are escalating so dramatically that, you know, what was fair market value 60 days ago isn't necessarily now. But you really need to see what homes, you know, my rule of thumb mm-hmm. is always sort of that five kilometer radius that, you know, if there's mm-hmm. a house that you're interested in at 123 Maple Street, well, you know, drop a pin there, do a, a five kilometer search and look at everything that has sold you know, over the last year, even over the last two years, mm-hmm. you know, golden rule of real estate is, is, you know, you don't, in a perfect world, you don't want to be the most expensive home in an area. You want to be, you know, middle of the pack or even bottom of the pack with, with great potential mm-hmm. to, to increase the value, but, but really have a very thorough understanding of, of values. Mm-hmm. You know, it might look like a great deal and you might go, wow, that's, you know, 800,000 for that house in Kelowna. That's, that's a screaming deal. And based on the average house price being, what are we, almost almost a million dollars, 960000 So a house for 800000 does seem like a good buy until you understand that it's, you know, right next to a, a really sketchy area or a 7-Eleven that gets a ton of crime or, you know, different mm-hmm. factors that may not be apparent to, you know, at first glance. And I think along with, you know, your trusted advisor, your realtor, I think it's also having a team of, you know, you want to make sure that you've got a really good home inspector. Mm-hmm. So even though you're not coming and walking through that home, the home inspector is on your behalf and they're going to do a really detailed look, making sure that, you know, the, the walls are insulated, that the piping is good, that the electrical is good and give you a sense of what that property is, the the bones of it. So, you know, we always used to say that a real estate is so emotional and it is, but by buying virtually, you're taking that emotion out a little bit. And I think that's why we always thought it was not possible, but it's wherever we can add the facts and add a little bit of that emotion to it and, um, and the education. So I think a home inspector um, provides that. So now what do you do? Because we're seeing, you know, some properties are receiving 18, 28. I think I've heard of one that had 42 offers on it. Mm -hmm. And so people, again, this is, you know, we've never seen this happen in the Kelowna market, but people are buying subject free. So sometimes sight unseen and subject free. So they're not doing a home inspection. They're, they're just taking a shot and crossing their fingers. Mm -hmm. So what's your advice in that case? Oh, I'm always hesitant for somebody to buy something with no subjects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I would always want somebody to put a subject to a home inspection, I think is good. Something we also have to be careful of is because the prices have gone up so quickly in the last, you know, really two months, um, financing, somebody mm-hmm. might be pre-approved for a certain amount, but that home has to appraise. If you're putting any bit of a mortgage on, that home has to make sure that it appraises for the mortgage that is going to be going on yeah. there. And that sometimes isn't happening. 
Well, it's, it's interesting when we, you know, people will often ask us and they'll say, okay, well, I'd like you to come over and give me an appraisal on my home Mm -hmm. and a phrase that we use as realtors. We do an evaluation and that's, we look at what's for sale currently. We look at supply and then we look at the sales. So we look at supply and demand. When somebody gets a bank appraisal, all the appraisers can look at is recent sales. Yeah. Past history. They can't speculate at all. Nope. No. So that's, you're right. I mean, a lot of properties right now, I think upwards of 60% of them are not appraising. Mm-hmm. And what happens in that case, then a buyer has to come up with, with the shortfall, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just putting down 10%, they may have to make up if the bank will only lend to say a value of 800,000 and the purchase mm-hmm. price is 900,000, you know, they had their down payment, but they're going to have to somehow come up with that difference because the bank just doesn't think it's worth 900. Yeah. So making sure, I guess, if you're comfortable going in without um, subject to financing, just making sure that you have a really strong down payment and knowing that that might happen. It might not appraise because that's exactly mm-hmm. what we're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. And not doing a home inspection, uh, it, it really depends on the property. You know, I keep saying yeah. it depends, it depends, but, but it does. It's a case by case situation. I mean, yeah. in a perfect world, you know, I don't love it. I don't like somebody Mm -hmm. buying a home without an inspection. Now we do see in in rare circumstances here, I think it's more common in other markets, but people will do a pre-inspection. Yes. So that's where a a seller has paid in advance. They're, they're sort of Mm -hmm. anticipating multiple offers and they expect that, okay, you know, we don't want a, a whole bunch of subject clauses. So the sellers go and get a home inspection ahead of time and make that available for all the buyers. Yeah. So that's great when they, when they do that, uh, can give people some level of comfort or peace of mm-hmm. mind, you know, an understanding of what they're buying. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's one option. It's not common practice here, but no, it's not. But, um, so that leads to another thing, multiple offers as we're seeing them in most cases on, on every property, anything that's listed under what one, two right now, mm-hmm. um, we're sort of seeing multiple offers. So really common any tips or what are some things that people can do when they're in a multiple offer situation, they know they're going in multiple offers. You know, what are some things they can do on that offer to help them have a winning chance of getting that property? Cross their fingers, their toes and their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That might help. Maybe. It might help. (laughs) I think you go in as strong as you possibly can. So what does strong mean? Is that just price or is there other things that make an offer strong? Well, you know, there's lots of discussion about this that, you you know, uh, you know, we've all heard the the heart wrenching stories of a sellers selling their house for fifty thousand less because they really like the buyers. Yes. In reality, it comes down to the dollars and cents. It's you know, I mean, we're seeing we've had them. We, mm-hmm. we had nine offers recently on a listing. Every single buyer wrote a letter, and they were all very heartfelt and and they were beautiful. We had photographs. One group did a video, and it's really very touching. And the sellers just you know they were bombarded with all these offers. And they sort of forgot all the stories and just took a piece of paper and said, okay, well, these guys are offering six. Mm -hmm. These guys are 610. These guys are 580. So that one got taken off the table. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know, it really does come down to the number of subject clauses. Mm -hmm. So you know, when, you know, in a, in a balanced market, in a, in a buyer's market, you, you put subject clauses on, you put the outs, if you will, and tie it up for probably two weeks and you'd make it subject to a home inspection, confirmation of financing, subject to meeting the neighbors. Okay. That's pushing it, but I did that once, <laughs> but, but you can make it, you know, a whole bunch of these, you know, tying it up and giving yourself a couple of weeks to think about it. 
in the kind of market we're in right now. You can't do that. So. Not a chance. You, you make it maybe subject to confirmation of financing and a home inspection, and you remove those within three days, which I know is making all the mortgage brokers and, and lenders out there roll their eyes or just grimace because they typically want two weeks. And it's just not possible when you're in multiple offers. I do have to say, it is amazing how quickly things can happen, though, in when you have three days or five days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. A little um, bit of stress and, and, and everything. things happen. Yeah. So a few other things I think that you can do, um, you know, Tamara, you talked about doing a video or, or doing a letter. And I have seen that that does make a difference. If you're if you're going in and you are, your offer is the same as somebody else's, I think it does make sense to do mm-hmm. a video, provide a picture of, you know, the cute family that's going to be moving in to their home, if they're selling, real estate is emotional. So if they're selling their family home and they've got young kids or they, that was where they raised their kids and they look and say, oh, it's going to be a nice young family that's moving in here. That pulls on their heartstrings a bit Mm -hmm. and they will be more inclined to work with your offer, providing that it's similar price to some of the other ones. Um, Something too, I think go in with an odd number. So if something's listed at- 800,000 and, you know, we know we're in multiple offers, so likely it's going to go over. So, you know, somebody comes and says, well, my budget, you know, I see the value for this property at 825. So that's what I would want to go in at or, you know, 820. So then you go in at an odd number, 827 or something close to that, you know, or you go in at 802 instead of going in rate at 800 Mm -hmm. because that 2000 might be the difference between your offer and somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Um, Frequently is. It, mm -hmm. It often actually, it's really surprising how common it is to see that two offers are virtually identical and one person, you know, a a tiny bit more or a tiny bit less and, and a compelling reason why the sellers should consider. Yeah. And, uh, and I think also too, right now, typically we see in our offers, um, you don't do a deposit until after you've done your due diligence. So after your subjects are off is when your deposit is something that we're seeing some cases here is people will say, I'll put a deposit in upon acceptance. Yes. So I'll put $2,000 $2,000 or $5,000 upon acceptance, my further deposit of 20000 or whatever your deposit is upon subject removal. And that just shows them that, oh, these people are serious yeah. and they're actually keen and able and they're putting money up front right now. So that might just make the difference to win your offer over someone else. That's a great point. And it's something that we're really not seeing a lot of people do right no. now. You know, the the norm, as you're saying, the, the, the standard is that deposits received within 24 or 48 hours of removing all conditions. But seeing somebody put some skin in the game, yep. have an investment up front, it's held in trust. If they don't proceed with the offer, the deposit does get returned. Mm-hmm. But it, it is a sign of, of financial strength and, and a sign of intent that... We mean it. We're not throwing offers on 20 properties. We mm-hmm. we like yours and want yours and, and want to get it. Yeah. And something else that I've seen in a couple offers lately is that people leave the dates blank. You know, mm-hmm. they, they don't put any dates, so they don't have a completion in possession. And they give the offer and they say, well, you guys decide as a seller, you pick whatever date. We'll work around your schedule. You know, we love your property and we want to get in whenever we can, but we'll work with your schedule. Right now, sellers are having a hard time finding something for them to move to. Mm-hmm. So that can be a brilliant strategy where somebody looks and says, you mean I can have three months to move or four yes. months to move or I can move next week? And uh, and that might be... Takes off a ton of pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, as we've talked about, it's it's a huge, huge decision. It is incredibly emotional mm-hmm. buying or selling. And, and some of these strategies and ideas can hopefully help you be the, the successful bidder in, in purchasing. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of Real Estate for Real People. If you want to reach out to the Stone Sisters, visit www.stonesisters.com. 
This podcast was produced by Podigy Podcasts. See you next time.